Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. The scripture reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, he will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow, and the highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing, Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, as we gather this morning, hearing your word read and proclaimed, we pray, O Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, speak to them in such a way that we know of your presence in our lives, your presence in this room, your presence in our hearts but that in speaking to us that we would be transformed so that we would go out into the world, not just as hearers of your word, but doers of your word, sharing it with all people with whom we meet. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. So the joy of doing ministry in a small town is that you get to know everyone. The challenge of doing ministry in a small town is that everyone gets to know you and all about you. 
The other thing that's a challenge sometimes is that in small towns, there are not a plethora of restaurants, which means you kind of fall into a routine. And I'm already somewhat of a routinized purpose person in general, so I sort of fell into this real quickly where there were one or two restaurants that were my favorite haunts. And one in particular, I seem to have sat at the same table, ordered the same thing over and over and over again, enough that the wait staff would see me come in to the parking lot, get out of my car, and that there would be a table in the back with a Diet Coke sitting on it at the chair facing the door. Apparently I'd sat there enough. And then if I had company with me for lunch, we would go around and place our lunch orders and Bonnie, my favorite waiter, well, wait staff, she would just turn around on her heels and walk out without ever asking me what I wanted. And one day I walked in and I said, when, when this happened and I sat down, I said, today, Bonnie, I think I want the breakfast burrito. She goes, nope, you're having steak and eggs and, and tomatoes. Apparently that's what I got every time I ate there and that's what I got that day as well. Of creatures of habit, and I think what I thought about this a lot is one of the most comforting things is you can walk into a place like that and you see people that you know. And so they used to give me grief in the same restaurant because they said, sometimes, Glenn, it's as if you're running for office. Lord, help us all. But sometimes you're running for office, which you would take, you would speak to every table and take forever to sit down. But rest assured, your Coke is waiting on you. And see, what I began to realize is that that was a place where I felt like I belonged. This was my tribe, my territory, my country, if you will. And so in that place, I belonged. I was known, and I knew what to expect. So when Isaiah is writing his Messianic prophecy, writing to the Hebrew people as they are coming out of exile and coming back to Jerusalem, back into the promised land, it was a symbolic of beginning for them, a re-beginning, a rebirth. But it was also a reminder that they belonged once again within the family of God. There was this idea of a physical healing and of miracles, but it was a homecoming of joy and gladness because they once again belonged in the land. They belonged in right relationship with God. Everything was right back to the way it was supposed to have been. He's writing a story of community and of belonging. And I think especially at this time of year, people want to come home. They want to come back to where they feel like they most belong. They crave that idea of belonging, that sense of it. And it really can be looked at in three ways. I mean, it's a sense of, of community. They're seeking a place where all of God's children are welcome. And they seek to be in right relationship with God. You see, we want to come home. We want to come to that place that we know what to expect and that we are known where we belong and we have our place. In 2000, a man by the name of Robert Putnam, he wrote a book called Bowling Alone. And in that, he discusses sort of some changing social dynamics that we've noticed in the country. This idea of 
the, the disaffiliation where people no longer feel like they need to belong to groups or to organizations. And so many organizations were challenged, like churches seeing membership drop off or let fewer and fewer boys participating in the Boy Scouts or Rotary Club memberships or club memberships all in a decline. It seemed to portend this idea of a distrust of institutions that maybe they had outlived their purpose. So sociologists began looking at that. But at the same time that this book was being written, we saw an increase in the work from home crowd, video conferencing and social media. So while we had all of these tools for connection and connectivity, what we began to notice was that people began to feel less connected. That makes no sense, right? I mean, nowadays you can sit at home in your favorite outfit and you can do all the work you want to and you have a conference call or maybe a video conference and you can be connected to all the folks you used to be connected to, but yet something's missing. And so what we began to understand is as the pendulum began to swing back in the other direction over the last two decades, what we realize is that people are craving connection. Craving community, and it really is biblical, if you think about it. I mean, all the way back to creation, when God was creating all of the earth, he created humanity, he created Adam, and as he creates Adam, he looks around and goes, it's not good for Adam to be alone. I will create a companion so that they will share the journey together. I mean, that's the model that we have. And so with all of this interconnectivity and all of these opportunities, we have felt more isolated than ever before because what we are really craving is what we have in this room right now, community. We're craving a connection with people on a very personal level where you know the names of the people sitting beside you. You can recognize their faces coming and going. You know their story and they know yours. where everyone has a place. I mean, think about it. We joke about this all the time that we all have our pew, our row. I'll be honest, I'm not in my normal seat. And it's really uncomfortable because I don't feel like I belong there because we all know I belong back there. And some of you, because we're here, we've pushed you back and you don't feel like you belong where you are. But yet we go back to those places over and over again. Because that's what we know and where we are known. But it's in the sense of community, not only that, but we find care and support. We find contact with human beings that helps us understand the ages and stages of life. When our daughter, when Clara was born, our firstborn, Mary and I, we really had no clue what we were doing, like every other parent in the world. And yet we sort of had this community of folks in our church to learn from. Folks that were further along the continuum of raising children and even all the way up until they sent them off to college. And we got all kinds of free advice, free support, a sympathetic ear. When we had some of those you know, parent of the year moments where you tried everything and failed miserably and you thought, I am the worst parent ever. There was somebody that you could tell that story to and they would go, let me tell you my story. And sometimes they had you beat, and that was a comfort. And other times, eh, it wasn't so bad after all. But what happens is this idea of crowd wisdom, we find that in community. 
we find in community that we can carry each over each other over the rough patches of life where the valleys run low that someone can carry us but then celebrate with us on the mountaintops as well so what happens is in the place like this we find belonging we find community and in this place you matter and i matter and we all matter but what matters the most is that we need each other God is calling us to be in community and to share that gift. So as you look around this morning and you see the people with whom you're sitting, think of them as sort of your neighborhood. You sit near them each and every week. They're in that spot. Look out for each other. Care for each other because that's what makes this place so wonderful is that you belong and that I belong right here in community. But as we think of this idea of building community, what we're also looking for is not a place just where we belong, but a place where all the world belongs, a place where all of God's children are welcome. You know, here we find ourselves in life sometimes using, you know, descriptors and labels, demographic ideas and boxes to check that tell who we are. Really all they are is ways that we describe ourselves because the one thing that matters, the one thing that gives us the most value of all is this one label, child of God. That's the only label that matters. And each of us in this room carry that label and that we are all valuable in the eyes of God. None of us any greater or any less than the other. But that goes for all God's children around the world. Plain and simple. This is the place where we all belong because we're all God's children. For about a year or so now, there are a handful of folks from our congregation and from St. Paul Methodist Church over on Delbrook that have been meeting together to talk about the things that unite us and help, how, and help figure out how to overcome and to cross over the things that divide our community and our church. And in this beautiful partnership, what we have found is that we have worshiped with each other. We have participated in each other's events. We have shared meals together. We've enjoyed each other's company. And we realize more and more that we have so much more in common than we have that separates us. And that's what God wants us to wake up to. But what's really great about this story is that the annual conference has caught wind of this. And so as they were preparing their annual Martin Luther King Day celebration in January, they heard about this partnership and they were going to ask St. Paul if they would host. But as they heard about this, they asked St. Paul and us if we would co-host it together and what we would think about it. And so on January the 18th, this event will be held over at St. Paul, but all of the hospitality the greeters and the ushers and the food servers and the parking lot attendants will be a combined team of our membership and their membership. Part of the worship leadership will be a combined choir of our choir members and their choir members. Why? Because what we believe is that we're painting a picture for the world that this is the place. The church is the place where all of God's children belong no matter what. My colleague, Reverend Donald Jenkins, he says, what matters the most in the church is the content of our character. And I think that's the truth. 
See, I think people are looking to belong, but I think they're looking to belong to a place where the joy of Christ pours forth from the doors and they realize that all of God's children are welcome. And so what we know in this place, what we know in our congregation is that no matter how anyone defines themselves, that they belong here, that they are welcome here, and that this is the place for all of us. Because plain and simply, we are all God's children no less in need of God's love and grace. But as we think of that, as we think of looking for a place where we belong and a place where all God's children will join us, we begin to realize that the blessing of this community, the blessing of belonging, is that we've come full circle in our relationship with God. I mean, to celebrate the birth of Christ is to recognize that we belong to God's family that we are a part of the mystical story told so long ago when God said, I will go amongst the people and show them the way. That we inherit that story and that we pass it on to Oliver as we did this morning, as we welcomed him into our family, that he is a part of the family of God. That God wants a deeper one-on-one relationship with us. One of my favorite verses is Isaiah 43, where he says, I have called you by name, and you are mine. And in that moment when we realize that God has called us by name, we recognize that we have been called into this relationship where we are known by name, but where we also know by name God's hope, God's peace, God's love. Really what we know is we know in our hearts God's grace. So as I think of that mystical story, as I think about how the world was changed with a babe born in a manger, and it was a continuation of God's story of love that that keeps unfolding and developing and sharing with us. I think of a time a few years ago, it was Clara's first Christmas, and we went down to my cousin's house, and his mother, my great aunt, she was there, And as we introduced the two of them to each other, there was this mystical moment where the infant child and her perfect little hand was intrigued by the weathered, life-experienced hand of her great-great-aunt. But even more so, the great-great-aunt, with all that experience, was amazed at the perfection of that little hand. In that moment, I began to think that part of that mystical story that God has poured into our hearts is this idea of Clara looking at my great aunt's hand and realizing that at that moment, what stories and wisdom those hands have lived and witnessed and seen. And at the same time, as her hand was gazed upon, what future Clara held, what God would do in her life. See, I think the miracle of it all is that Christ is born in our hearts each and every year. And the sacred story goes on. And it's a story that we belong to because we belong to God. So I think about this week in particular, many of our college students have finished up and have come home or will be coming home this week. Some of our relatives are packing the car and making their plans to travel to visit us, or maybe you are planning to travel to visit your family. Home is that place 
that no matter how far we have traveled away, no matter how far from home we live, that we can return there and that we always belong. There's always a seat at the table for us and our seat is just waiting for us to walk in the door. That's home, where we always belong. So maybe this year you are searching for a deeper definition of home. You're searching for something besides a physical address. You're searching for a place for your heart, your soul, your very life to take root and to anchor. Well, you belong here in this place because this is our home. Because see, in this in the home here, you matter. In home here, you find community and caring and connection. But not only for you, but for all of God's children. Because this is the home for God's kingdom. But on a personal note, this is our home with God. Where we belong to God and to God alone. So welcome home. You belong here in community for all God's children and in a deep and wonderful relationship with God. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.